Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. You may be seated. I'm so glad you're here. So thankful for this wonderful, wonderful family that we call True Vine. And it is with sadness in my heart. Sister Teresa and Gabby, would you stand? We have loved this family and they've loved us and they've been faithful and worshipers. Last year we had the honor of sending Reuben home to heaven. And we love this family and they got, their whole family is moving back to Sacramento. And that's where her whole support system will be. And we want you to know we love you and we bless you. And our prayers are with you. And this will always be home. And you will always be a part of us. They have one more week here. They got one more Sunday here. If you want to bless them, fellowship them, go out to eat with them. Love on them one more time, one more week before they move. But we want you to know you're always a part of True Vine. Let's love them one more time. And I get the great honor to speak to you today about adding water. Just add water. Have you all, maybe, have you been around the grocery store and you've seen that brand called Krusty's? I don't know if they got the picture yet. They're working on it. But the story goes that four ladies, of course it was four ladies, sitting around a table, dreamed up the idea of an easy pie crust. So this easy pie crust launched into a movement, into a family-owned business that started in 1932 by a woman named Rose Charters who came up with these ladies of the idea of just add water pie crust. And she called the company Crust Ease. Crust Easy. See, I didn't, I always thought that was homemade crust. I didn't know there was any other way to make it other than just add water. They started selling the mix in Seattle to their neighbors, their friends, and then local cafes, and then all the cafes around the city. They quickly outgrew their kitchen that they were in their home, and they opened their manufacturing plant, which officially led to the brand of Crust Ease, Easy Crust. Just add water. The spirit of innovation continued with the introduction of just add water pancake mix. Once again, I never knew there was any other form of pancake mix. But when this mix hit the shelves, Brother Ron, in 1940, and people didn't even have TVs, it was mind-blowing to them. Probably not to the men, but probably to more of the ladies. Mind-blowing how much time it would save them. And the pancake mix is still one of the most popular items that they sell. In the 60s, the era of flower power and do your own thing, Krusty's hit the road with pancakes and not anything else. Do you have a picture of that cart yet, Brother Henry? Or no, did you not get it? They had a, before mobile carts and all the truck eating that everybody does now was popular, they hit the road. And they had a full diner 
and they would serve free pancakes with their just add water pancake mix. And it blew up the Northwest and the ice cream man could not compete with it. There it is right there. The first food truck that I've heard of. Now this company is still going. Third generation family owned. They have just add water biscuits. Thank God they got just add water donuts. And more. But today we're not talking about pancakes and pie crust and biscuits and donuts. But some biscuits and gravy would sound good right about now. Like grandma used to make with the sausage inside the gravy. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk to you though about adding water baptism to your salvation. Just add water to your belief and your repentance. And we're going to find out how that equals salvation here. 1 Peter 3, 18 through 21 says this, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. 19, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Verse 20, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, whereunto even baptism, doth also now save us. 21, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a great day. It's a great Sunday to be here. I'm going to teach. We're going to laugh. It's going to be informational. For some of you, it's a reminder. But I hope there's another Mikey who just a few weeks ago decided to get buried in the wonderful name of Jesus. Is there anybody else that's been buried in the name here? You were baptized in water. So great cloud of witnesses. A lot of people here. Peter begins to tell us that the just one. Oh, can you go back? Olga, I'm sorry when you flip back. But the just one, the holy one suffered for our sins, the perfect for the unperfect, the blameless for the ones that should have been blamed, that we held the guilt, for once suffered for the sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And then it goes down to say, in Noah's day, because the same God that resurrected the man, Christ Jesus, preached through Noah. The same God that was in Christ was the same God that spoke through Noah, that told Noah to build the ark. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. The same God who dwelt in Christ preached to them through Noah. Noah was saved. saved. He prepared an ark and eight souls were saved by water. Of course, we understand the godless culture of Noah's day. They were destroyed by the flood. The same water that saved the eight, destroyed the godless. Because Noah had listened to the Spirit of God and prepared an ark. The same water that destroys is the same water that saves. 
eight were saved. But then in verse 21, Peter says this. He's connecting the water of Noah's flood with baptism, the like figure, onto baptism. It means it means it's resembles, it's patterned after, it's formed after. The counterpart of the Old Testament is the true understanding of the baptism in the New Testament. Eight souls were saved by water, and now eight were saved by the water baptism. I don't know about you, but as a precious witness to this faith that we believe, I often meet people that are uninformed. I had a great conversation a while back with somebody at a restaurant, and they were talking to me and said, they were complimenting Truvine, complimenting what we have here. But then they said, I must tell you something that you guys say that's not true. He said, you said baptism saves. He goes, baptism does not save. I complimented him and I said, You're, you know what? You need to go read 1 Peter 3.21 because you'd never make that statement again. Because in 21, what does it say there? Click over Olga to 21. One more slide. Baptism does now save us. The word of God, save us. And I'm going to tie, you don't just take one scripture. We're going to bring a bunch of scriptures together to understand this. Today might be a little bit of a Bible study and we're slowing down because I want people to understand you don't get baptized to join a club. You don't get baptized to hang out with people you like. You get baptized to be saved. Saved from what? You get saved from destruction. Saved from your sinful life that you've been living that's taking you to a place you don't want to go and you're living a way you don't really want to live. So when you repent, you believe and you repent and you get baptized, it washes away your sins. It saves us. So to say baptism doesn't save somebody, that's to say something opposite of the Bible. The Bible says baptism does now save us. It's not like getting in the tub and washing off the dirt. It's not, you're not washing just this outside. But when you have repented, you believe and you repent, it's the washing away we're going to get to this. It's not like getting in the tub and removing filth from your body, but it is the answer. Because God's word never returns void. God's word always comes back with an answer. I, I'm going to come, I'm going to get baptized and I'm going to come to God with a good conscience. I'm coming with a good conscience. Noah had a good conscience. Why? Genesis 6, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. That's a good conscience. You know what I want to do when it comes to my salvation and eternity? I want to do all that God says so I can have a good conscience. Because I want to be assured of my salvation. Because when this, this life is but a vapor, the Bible says, and eternity is forever, so I want to make sure what I do down here, I have good conscience for my forever. So I'm not going to do part of what this word says. I'm not going to take a portion of what this word says. I'm going to do like Noah, and I'm going to take all of this word when it comes to my salvation and living for God. First, we must examine the importance of the name 
of baptism. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth, end of the world. Amen. So here's what we always got to do when you study the Bible. Three things. Who's speaking? Who are they speaking to? And what is the context that they're speaking about? So here you have Jesus speaking. He's speaking to the apostles. And he's giving them last-minute instructions because he's about to ascend into heaven. All power is given to me, he says. He says, so go, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded. So let's begin with baptism. What does baptism mean? Go you therefore teach all nations, baptizing them. So what am I doing? I'm teaching about baptism for understanding this morning. He emphasizes teach baptism. So here we go. There's two classes of people here, two classes of understanding. He says, first go teach and then baptize. Because there's some confusion in Christianity about how you baptize. Let me give this to you. In the understanding and Bible times and understanding the context here, baptism means to submerge. It means to go under the water. It means to completely cover. It does not mean sprinkle. Nowhere, nowhere in the Bible did they sprinkle. You will not find a time in the book of Acts in the New Testament where they sprinkled. As a matter of fact, one person who got baptized a while back has, was talking to me and said he was at a church and he was searching for more of God. And he went up and he said, hey, I want to be baptized. And so they called him up and they put oil and they put water on him. And when he was leaving, he told somebody that felt more like a blessing than it did a baptism. He didn't even have a full understanding. He didn't know he's just searching for more. But something inside him made him understand that that wasn't a baptism. Because baptism means to submerge. A lot of people get their ideas of baptism from Hollywood. And they show John the Baptist going down in the water and just taking his hand and pouring. That's not what John the Baptist did. According to what baptism means to submerge, to go under the water, that's not what John did. So don't get your understanding from different personalities or different views or Hollywood. Get your understanding from the word of God. In Greek, it means to dip, to immerse, to submerge. Baptism or baptizing is not a word that's used about a person just being baptized in church. They used to use this and then we would talk about ships that were being sunk. The ship would be sunk all the way to the bottom and we would say that ship is sunk. They would say the ship was been baptized. It was at the bottom. They would refer to it as baptizing the ship. We're not talking about a ship, but we're talking about baptizing and washing away your sins. So understand it's very important. In the book of Acts 8 and verse 38, Philip's witnessing to an Ethiopian eunuch, okay? And it says this. He says, he halted the chariot. They, two men went down to the water, and one of the men baptized the other man. He did not sprinkle him. Two men stopped. Two men walked in the water, and Philip baptized him in the water. They submerged him. There's no sprinkling there. 
Well, after Jesus said the word baptize, he said baptize them in the name. Now, we understand the name of the Father and the, and the Son and the Holy Ghost, but please make special note, who is being spoken to here and what are they speaking about? No one in Matthew 28 is getting baptized. Not one person is baptized right there. And make special note, it was just instructions. Nowhere in the Bible have the words Father, Son, and Holy Ghost ever been put, um, spoken over somebody that was baptized. Nowhere. That's very important. So you have to look at this and realize these men that heard this, these apostles, they went and they baptized in the name of Jesus. Not the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Number one, they either disobeyed Jesus. And then we shouldn't even be here believing this book because they wrote most of the New Testament. Or they understood what he was talking about because Matthew 28, 19 does not say baptize them in the names. It doesn't say names. It says baptize them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. It says one name. We understand today, and I'll believe this, I, hope you, I think you'll understand this, Acts 4.12, if they have that scripture, says this, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There is no name under heaven today that salvation can be acquired through. You don't pray to Mary, and you don't pray to the Pope, and you don't pray to St. Peter. You don't have to pray to St. Paul. No, there's just one name under heaven whereby you must be saved. You're saved from what? Destruction. You're not saved from just anything, but you and I are saved from destruction. So when it talks about us being saved, it's saved from destruction. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to spend eternity in hell. You and I were not created for hell. Hell is made to accommodate Lucifer and the fallen angels. It is not made to accommodate us. And by the grace of God, I am going to walk on streets of gold. And only God knows that day. And sometime my number is going to be called. And I'm just going to go from this earth to my heavenly earth. I, why? Because I was buried in the name. The only saving name. That's, it's so important to get. What separates this church from other churches is the name. What separates this church and why you feel a different power in this place is because of the name of Jesus. It's the understanding, the revelation that there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Even look at the book of Matthew 1, 21. And she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name for he shall save his people from their sins. God had to send an angel because Joseph was about to put her out. He's about to kick her out. But the angel said, no, no, hold on, Joseph. She's going to bring forth a son. And his name is going to be a name that is so powerful, Joseph, that there's going to be millions of people that are going to be buried by baptism in that name. The name of Jesus is the only name that can save. 
Have I got you convinced about the name? Okay, so Mark comes along. And the Bible helps us. We're going to hear from a few of them here. Some people want to say, it doesn't matter if you're baptized. But what if it does matter? What does the Bible say about it? What if the Bible says it's essential to be baptized to be saved? So if you're not baptized, you're not saved. So who do we got? Mark chapter 16, 15 through 16. Who's speaking? Jesus. Who's he talking to? The apostles. What's he speaking about? Last minute instructions. Matthew recorded and Mark recorded. You know how that is? You hear something slightly different. They hear something slightly different. But they work together hand in hand. You don't just pick out one scripture and not, don't look at the context of everything together. Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. One plus one. He that believeth and is shall be Baptism seems essential. Believing plus baptism equals salvation. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Because if you don't believe, you're not even going to get to baptism. That's why he didn't say you're going to be damned if you don't believe and don't get baptized. Because as soon as you don't believe, there's no baptism. You might as well go to the pool like my kids. My kids have been baptized a hundred times. Sometimes Sadie holds him down a little long. I said, honey, he might go to heaven. Bring him back up. (laughs) Or something. That's goofing off. That's just getting wet. But when you mix baptism with belief, your repentance, it's the salvation unto man. That's why we have Baptism Sunday. It's not for you to join a club. It's not for you to get in connected. No, it's for you to get to heaven. It's for you to get to heaven. There's a saving name. It's the only name. So Mark tells us salvation is essential. It's essential to be baptized. It's essential to believe. It's essential. We settle it. John 3, 3, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You have to be born again to see it. You can't even perceive it. You can't even understand it. We're all going to live somewhere forever. We got to decide where it's going to be. I want to help you by the grace of God today to realize I need to be baptized and I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the what? For my salvation. John 3, 5 says you must be born of water. And the spirit, water baptism, spirit baptism. We're going to learn to talk all about this. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. And then there's this really smart guy named Nicodemus. He rolls in. And he goes, well, how can I enter my mother's womb a second time? You ever have those sarcastic people in your life? We... We have a lot of sarcastic people in our family. And Jesus said, except a man be born of water and spirit. He was answering him, telling him, to be born again, you've got to be born of water and of spirit. 
Jesus said that you can't be saved without it. As a matter of fact, Jesus added to it and said that you can't even be born again without it. He mentions two things. You can't see the kingdom of God and you can't enter the kingdom of God. You ever heard that phrase, my mom, and I think maybe too old, not even my mom, my grandma used to say, blind as a bat? I mean, are, bi- are bats blind? When you're not water baptized and you're not spirit baptized, we're blind as a bat. We can't enter the kingdom of God. And I want to enter the kingdom of God. He's saying, you're blind and you're crippled without this born again message. Of the water and the spirit, it opens our eyes. We get illumination. So why water baptism? Matthew told us the name. Mark told us it's essential. And then, of course, we got a doctor that rolls on the scene. Luke. And God allowed the doctor to write. And you know that his handwriting was probably not good. And he probably used some words that the other apostles didn't understand. You ever go get your prescription and you're like, the other day I was talking to my uncle, and we have some stuff in our, hereditary in our family. And so I went to the doctor, and he goes, well, what'd they give you? And I'm like, I started to say it. He goes, I ain't heard that one. I gave him the next one. He goes, oh, I know what that one is. Because God wants, they used a doctor to speak because it's, it gave a little more oomph when the doctor tells you, right? Your wife tells you you're sick. You're like, yeah, right. When the doctor says you're sick, you're like, I'm dying. I'm going. (laughs) Your wife says you're crazy, but then when the psychiatrist says you're crazy, then you know you're crazy. He uses long words, but Luke 24, 46, if you have that, if you have that. And he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Who's speaking? Jesus. Who's he speaking to? The apostles. And he's giving what? Last minute instructions. He's saying that they're going to be preaching among all nations. He didn't say it had been preached. It was being preached. He says it's going to be preached in his name. So two things are going to happen. Repentance and remission of sins are going to be preached in Jesus' name. Fast forward just a little bit to the book of Acts 2. Do we find it hard to connect the dots from the spirit of the Pentecost to this uh, verse 47 when 120 were filled with the Holy Ghost at 9 a.m. in the morning and Peter stood up with the 11 and lifted his voice? And begin to tell them, it's only the third hour of the day. They're not drunk as you suppose. This is just the fulfillment of the book of Joel. He began to preach the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the only one that could bring salvation. The only name under heaven given among men. He began to preach this to them. Now can you imagine 50 days before this, they were chanting in the streets to crucify this man that he's preaching about. The same streets 50 days ago. But Peter stands up and says, the one that you crucified was your long-expected Messiah. He says, therefore, Acts 36, 2, 36, let, therefore let all the house of Israel surely that God had made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. 
tough crowd to preach to. Could you imagine? This is the guy they have dreamed about since they were kids, that their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents told them the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming, and they're the very generation that killed him. Now, when they heard this, it says they were pricked in their hearts. And they said unto Peter and the rest of them, what do we got to do to be saved? What do you got to do to be saved? The 12 people that Jesus gave last-minute instructions to are standing, and here is what they say to be saved. Then, Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it is for you and your children and your children and your children's children and your children's children and all those that are afar off. What did Luke say would happen in Jerusalem? He said that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name. What is the name? No wonder Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew says, get in the water and get baptized. Mark says, get in the water and get baptized. And, um, and now just, but the good doctor says, get in the water, get baptized, because it's the washing away of your repented sins. And it begins with the preaching in Jerusalem. I don't know about you, but I am so glad that Peter stood up on that day and the Holy Ghost came on him and he said, you got to repent. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you will receive the, and he went on to say, it's for you and for you and for your children and for your children's children and your children's children. And if you're here today, I heard people speaking in tongues during the worship. The Holy Ghost is alive and real and the same, it's the same exact spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same exact spirit that spoke through Noah. The same Holy Ghost is here today. And I just ask you, don't go home without the Holy Ghost. And don't go home without being baptized in Jesus' name. Because I don't want to take part of the Bible. I'm taking the whole book. I'm eating the whole book. And I want you to go to heaven. I want you to go with us to heaven. And you must, in order to be saved, to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again of the water. And you must be born again of the Spirit. I don't just want to go out there and put people under the water for fun. And in my years, I know it doesn't look like it, but my 22 years of full-time ministry, I've had a lot of people, kids come to church, teenagers, and I, I call, I say, hey, your, your son, your daughter wants to be baptized. Does that mean they're a member of your church? That's not a member of this church. That's so your name gets written in the Lamb's Book of Life. <laughs> it has nothing to do about this building and these 12,000 square feet we got here. It has everything to do with eternity. You're not, getting, you're not coming up here to get over your nerves, to, to, to be a member of this church. No, that's not. That's, 
That's the foolishness that's going on right now. Let's just be, I'm being honest. Because I don't want you to get baptized to be a member of this church. And I don't want you to get baptized to come up here and get over your nerves. I want you to be baptized in the only name given among men, whereby you must be saved. Because I want you to go to heaven. Some young lady last year, my daughter. And I... I was hesitant for her to get baptized. I can't remember if she was seven, eight. But she's eight now, so she had to be seven. And um, so we had, we had different quiz her, test her. She was so adamant about being baptized. And I had a conversation this morning. See, the Bible doesn't say at nine years old you can be baptized. It doesn't say that. So that's, it's hard to put an age on how young Tarina taught her a Bible study. Pastor taught her a Bible study. I taught her a Bible study. We drilled her and quizzed her and what it meant and what it was for. And who am I to stand in the way of her to get her sins washed away if she understands it? So parents, we put this in your hands. We'll teach the Bible study. We'll do this. And she was, so, she was all excited. And then she came in here and last year the baptismal tank was up here, right? And she said, nope. But you know, when you all left, she said, Dad, I really want to be baptized. I was just too nervous to do it in front of everybody else. I said, it's okay, baby. Let's do it now. We'll baptize you right now. There's water. One of the things says, what doth hinder thee? Let's go. So you got, you got to decide, parents, where your children, their age at and their understanding. Is it enough to be a believer? Let me give you one last thing, and then we're going to wrap up. Saul, who is now Paul, was on his way to Damascus. He's riding along, and the power of God knocks him off the horse, the beast, and he can't even see. He can't. All he can do is hear. And he went from hating Jesus to this. He says, Lord, what will you have me to do? Was he a believer? But was he born again of water and spirit? No, he wasn't. He was a believer. God knocked him off the horse, the beast. So it takes more than believing to seal the deal. Because God sent a man by the name of Ananias down there. Acts twenty two sixteen says this, And now, why thou tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, washing away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Arise and be baptized, is what he tells him. You know why he knew the name of the Lord? Because when he got knocked off the beast, the first thing Saul did is said, Who art thou, Lord? Do you know what the voice is that came back? It said, I am Jesus, whom you persecuted. Instant believer, but not saved. It's not enough just to repent. Like, no, we got to take the whole word. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. There is no stain too deep in your heart that the name of Jesus can't wash away. Saul, Paul, 
he was killing people. He was killing the Christian church. And it's a miracle that takes place there. We heard from Matthew the name. We heard from Mark to command to be baptized. We heard from Luke that it's for the remission of sins. We've heard a little bit from John, but I want to give you one last thing from John. Would you stand with me? John 20 and 30 says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which were not written in this book. Many other signs are not written that you might believe in Jesus Christ. He said there's a lot of miracles that were performed that aren't even written in here. Do you know what a miracle is? Something science can't attest. Something Yale can't explain. Something that Harvard doesn't understand. Somebody measured the Red Sea supposedly and said, oh, where, where they crossed and Pharaoh's army was supposedly killed in the Old Testament, that water's only ankle deep. That might be true, but you know it's even greater miracle than how did God kill him with ankle deep water? You can't explain a miracle. How did water get turned into wine? I can't explain it. How did he walk on water? I can't explain it. How does he stand in one place and command a healing 20 miles away and the person's healed? I can't explain it. That's what miracles are. You can't explain them. John does address baptism because Matthew said it's in the name. Mark said you got to do it. Luke said it's for the remission of sins. And John says it's a miracle. Because all you're doing is going down and coming up. But somebody tell Naaman that all you did was go down and come up. But he got healed because he obeyed the word of the Lord. If you will obey the word of God and be baptized today in his name, when you go down, the Bible says it's like a watery grave. Everything you did in your past is just washed away. And when we, the miracle is when we go, I pr in the name of Jesus, I baptize you today. And in that instant, in that second, when you come up, your sins are washed away. Just add water to your relationship with God. Should you be baptized today? If you've never been baptized and this message touched your heart, I gave you a lot. I slowed it down. We didn't jump off the roof. We, but I want you to get understanding why you got to be baptized. If you've never been baptized, today's your day. If you were baptized before, but it wasn't in the name of Jesus, I encourage you. I'm telling you, I, wa I want to be baptized the way the book says. I want to be baptized the way the apostles baptized everybody. If you weren't submerged under, if you weren't a sunken ship, I encourage, I tell you, not I'm saying you need to get baptized today. Can I, I'm going to be like a little less sugar-coated. You need to be baptized your children need to be baptized. Your aunts and uncles need to be baptized. Everybody must be baptized to enter the kingdom of God. If you were so young, 
and you don't know what they spoke over you when you were baptized, you need to get baptized today. Unless you can verify it, I'm telling you, I want to be baptized in the only saving name. You got to add water this morning. Because I want you to enter the kingdom of God. I want you to be saved. If you have questions, we're going to take that in a minute here. But the Bible says you got to believe and be baptized. So we're going to do repentance across this. Because when you're baptized, it washes away your repented sins. Repentance is just saying, God, I am so, so sorry for everything I've done. I'm going to, God, I'm turning away from this junk and I'm coming to you. It's just, God, this stuff has been controlling me. I thought I was controlling it, but it's controlling me and I'm going to repent right here because I want this stuff washed away from me. When my, when my daddy got the Holy Ghost, he was an alcoholic and he's, and I should say alcohol, he was partying and smoking but do you remember, some of you might remember, I remember them old days. My dad said he left his cigarettes on the altar that day. And he never went back to them ever again. He never went back to the alcohol ever again. Because when he got filled with the Spirit and he went down in that, it washed away all those past mistakes. Who wouldn't want to be saved? So I'm gonna, we're going to pray, repent, okay? And then on my right-hand side right here, if you need to receive the baptism of the Spirit and or Holy Ghost, come here. If you want to be baptized today in the only saving name, come to my left. But the first step is repentance. Would you lift your hands across this room? And just however, in your own words, everybody, even if you've been baptize just repent let's have a, a 150 200 people here just repent of our sins forgive me oh lord i'm human i'm so fragile god compared to you that you would forgive me oh god almighty king oh jesus i call on your name to wash us to wash this congregation to cleanse our hearts and our minds and our souls. God, whatever addictions are in this room, we pray, repent. God, whatever things have been going on, we repent. God, lying, we repent. Gossiping, bitterness, we repent. Jealousy, we repent. God, my eyes have been wandering. I repent, repent, repent. Oh, repent, don't miss this time. Eternity is here. Eternity is here for you. Eternity is here. As the music plays, just take 20 more seconds. Just, just wash us, God. Just wash us. Just wash us. We're not worthy, God. We're not worthy, Lord.
If you're ready to be baptized in the name, would you come to my left side? You're right. If you're ready, is there some people in the house that are ready to be baptized? Thank you, Lizzie. It's a new day for you. It's a new day. Christina, a new day. Look, look, there. Is there more coming? I know. I saw, I think Nathaniel was coming. If he's here, send him up. If he's in, anybody else that needs to be, that wants to be born, washed in baptism. You want the name of Jesus. Oh God. Is there anybody that you say, I've never received the baptism of the Spirit, but I, I feel it here today. Would, would you come to my right? Anybody that needs the baptism of the Spirit? Anybody that needs the baptism of the Spirit? I don't want to overlook anybody or anything. Anybody else? Anybody else? Let's do this as they're getting ready to go. Let's pray one more time over them. Lift your hands towards them. Right now, I pray for these wonderful, wonderful young ladies and young men, God. Your hand upon them. God, that they're going to go down in the watery grave out there and their sins are going to be washed away. God, just pour your love all over them right now. Let them feel it, God. This is not to join a club or a church, but this is to enter the kingdom of heaven. This is to enter the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. Right now on, oh God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.